You're listening to a Sunday service podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We're a faith community committed to racial justice, a place where we practice a deep and authentic welcome, where we listen deeply to where love is calling us next, and a place where with humility, courage, and compassion, we act for justice in the world. To learn more, please visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Peter Mayer, and I'm going to be leading music today with you, and uh, it's great to be with you all. Thank you. Um, I wanted to invite you to sing on the chorus of this first song. Um, let me let me teach you how, how the chorus goes. It goes like this. Excuse me. Let everybody in. Everybody in, everybody into the circle, circle. Everybody, 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 everybody into the circle, circle. Let's try that. Let everybody in, everybody in, everybody in. To the circle, circle, everybody, 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 everybody in to the circle, circle. That's it. That'll come up several times. So please, please join in when it does. Treating them to live together in a great circle of love. And when his followers asked him then who should be included, Jesus said, Let everybody, everybody, everybody in the circle, circle, everybody, 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 everybody in the circle, circle, oligarchs. Tyrants try to keep some in, everyone else outside, till revolution sweeps across the land, and the people all stand, the common folk cry, let everybody, everybody, everybody in the circles, everybody, everybody, everybody in Sometimes a circle is a class or creed. Sometimes a circle is made of only men. Until Susan B. Anthony says, what about me? Let me in. Let everybody, everybody in. Everybody in. Circle, circle. Everybody, 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 everybody. Sometimes a circle is a privileged thing, excluding people for the color of their skin. Till the voice of Martin Luther King says, Let freedom ring, let them let everybody in, everybody, everybody in circle, circle, everybody, 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 everybody. 
and straight, rich and poor, whole and broken, open up that door. The more we are, the greater we become. After all, we all are one. Bring in the people, but don't stop there. Bring in the fish in the sea, birds in the air. Bring in the rivers wide and the mountains tall. We go together, or not at all. Let everybody in, everybody in, everybody into the circle, sir. Everybody, 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 everybody into the circle, sir. Everybody, everybody in, everybody in the circle, sir. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning and welcome. Welcome to First Universalist Church of Minneapolis, where we have been gathering for over 160 years to proclaim the good news that you are beloved, that you are important, that you, just as you are, just as you are, are welcome and part of an ever-expanding circle of love and care and connection. And not only have we been proclaiming that message to the world, we've been sending you out to share it too, so that through our actions, we transform the world toward the beloved community that we carry in our hearts. Friends, this is who we are. This is the life of faith that we invite you into, a life where we protect the light in each and every heart, where we add our voices to the chorus, singing the songs of justice, dancing the dance of liberation, where we work to end oppression in all its forms in our hearts, in our institutions, and in the wider world. 160 years, folks. 160 years, and we are here this morning to celebrate and rededicate this building that is our current home in the world, a building that holds but cannot possibly contain all that we are as we gather today to remind ourselves who we are and what we are about, as we gather today to thank our ancestors for their vision and determination, and as we rededicate ourselves to the internal renovation that our church makes possible. It is good to be here. It is good to be together. So let us get to the practice of community and the opportunities that come forth when we are being church together. I also want to be sure to remind us that all of us is welcome in this church and in this sanctuary. That includes our littlest ones, you will notice that there are comfy gliders in various spots around the sanctuary. They are perfect for rocking little ones, so please use those. There is a kid-friendly spot back in the uh, corner with some small tables and toys. And please don't worry if your little one makes noise. That is totally okay. The same is true for us older folks in the sanctuary. We live in bodies, and bodies have needs. Please take care of yourself. 
We have pew cushions if that is, is what you need, if that is what would help. If your body needs to get up, to stand, to move around, to wave your hands in excitement and enthusiasm, if you need to dance, please do. Thank you, Lisa. Yes, waving your hands in excitement and enthusiasm. If you need to dance, please do. We need all of us, all of us, all of our parts in here, in this sanctuary, everybody in. Also, next week, this is super important, next week's service, one service only, 10 a.m. at Minnehaha. One service, 10 a.m., Minnehaha Falls. If you come here at 9 o'clock, you will probably see some of us getting ready to go over to Minnehaha Falls for the 10 o'clock service. So you will be right on time. If you come here at 11, you will be out of luck. So 10 o'clock next week, Minnehaha. Information on this will be in uh, the Liberal and on the website. And last but far from least, Will you all please join me in welcoming, welcoming again our guest musician this morning, Peter Mayer. <laughs> Peter, your music is near and dear to us, and Blue Boat Home, which we will be singing later, is the unofficial anthem of our youth group. We're so glad you're here with us. <laughs> yes, exactly. And now, friends, as we gather for worship, let's let go of the words for a moment. Let's settle ourselves with three deep breaths. Arriving in this time and place, I invite you to take a breath in and slowly let it out. And another breath in. And slowly let it out. And one more breath in. Letting it out slowly. As we come together here in this sanctuary that has held our congregation for 30 years. Here in this sanctuary that was once home to a Jewish congregation. Here on land that was and is still home to indigenous people. Here on this land that holds and tells many stories, layer upon layer upon layer, may we remember that we are but stewards of a place for a short time. That in this time, we receive the past with all its painful contradictions and promising aspirations so that we can take responsibility for the whole, can heal what we can, what is ours, and shape the present in the direction of freedom and liberation for the future. Come, let us worship together. And I invite Alice and Will to lead us in lighting our chalice. Please join me in saying the words for lighting our chalice. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another.
Well, how about a story? Yes! All right, so kiddos, on your way in, you may have received a secret classified document. Now is the time to put that secret classified document close by, nearby, ready to read from it, ready to help us with our story. All right. So, our story starts a long, long time ago. Way back in the dark ages, 30 years ago of the 1990s, we had a problem here at church. You see, we owned a building not too far from here, over on the corner of 50th and Girard, and that building was good for a whole lot of things. It was a spiritual home for a lot of people. In fact, it was a spiritual home for so many people that the building was bursting at the seams. Our church was holding three services on Sundays, and there were so many kids and families coming that the church rented out the community center across the street, and religious education classes were meeting everywhere, including in people's living rooms who just happened to live near the church. See, there just wasn't room for everybody to come in. Now, at first, this felt good. People were coming to church. They were looking for this message of love and hope that we share. They were coming to find a community where they could feel a sense of belonging and connection so that they could take those feelings out into the world. The church services got fuller, the classes got bigger, and the congregation was really excited about what was happening. But, of course, with all those people coming, it was hard, too. There wasn't always room when you showed up. People weren't able to be all together very often, and folks were starting to wonder who was going to have to be the really unlucky one who would be there at the door seeing people or having people come in and be the one who had to say, sorry, there's no room for you here. Exactly. Now, I have to wonder if even 30 years ago, somehow the people of the congregation of that time, and, and you're here, some of you, maybe you can tell me, were you already hearing the echo of the Christmas pageant that happens here every year, where Mary and Joseph come down that aisle, and they turn to everyone, and they're saying, please, I'm, a, I'm about to give birth. Don't you have any room? Please, my beloved is pregnant and about to have a baby. Where can we go? Right. I mean, we tell this story every year. Where's the room? Where's the compassion? Maybe the folks of 30 years ago were already hearing that. Now, luckily, our spiritual ancestors of 30 years ago knew this situation for the problem that it was. Now, they didn't like it that there wasn't room for all the children and families and adults who wanted to join in. They didn't like it that most of the building was inaccessible if you had any mobility challenges and hardly anybody could find the front door. The people of our congregation decided that the church had to move. We had to move into a space that would be more welcoming and accessible and inclusive for everyone. So they raised the money and found the right place, and finally, in 1993, they did it. Yes. They found this place that was bigger than 
any of them could have imagined. A whole building just for religious education and our kids and families, a sanctuary that could seat more than 500 people, a parking lot for folks with mobility challenges and small kids, and an elevator to help everyone get up into the sanctuary? Are any of you here that were here at that time? Look at you. Look at you. So together, these folks and so many others, they walked and marched and rolled all the way from the spiritual home over at 50th and Girard to here, carrying our chalice, literally carrying the flame of our faith into a new space, celebrating with bubbles on the front steps and a photograph you can see out in the narthex, taking time to notice together that they were doing something big. They were making more room, drawing the circle wider, planting themselves closer in to our city so that everyone they could imagine could find their way in. They had made our spiritual home more welcoming and inclusive and accessible. Right? So then, almost 30 years later, here we are taking a moment to say thank you to our past selves. Thank you to all of those folks who, with their dedication to our mission, helped us to keep on becoming a church of the open door, a circle wide enough to hold us all, a love that will not let us go. Yes. And we are celebrating our present selves, all of us here, all of us who have been part of this project to change our church, all of us who are here part of this ongoing project. Yeah, I'm way off my script. Uh, this ongoing project of saying, welcome in. Yay! So all of us here, we are dreaming of a space that can be even more welcoming and inclusive and accessible to all. We worked together and we have created an accessible chancel and main entrance. We've made changes so that people who have difficulty hearing can participate more fully in the life of the church. We've added live streaming technology so people can join us wherever they are. Maybe you wanna wave to all the people on Zoom. <laughs> we know you're with us. We've added an accessible playground outside. Yes. We've honored the land and the history of this space, restoring the building to its original beauty, while at the same time transforming it from a space that was never affectionately called an energy sinkhole into a building that actually creates some of its own electricity. We have made room, and now folks are at the doors. They are there welcoming each other in online in our podcasts on our YouTube channel, saying, welcome, come on in. Everybody in. So we have so much to celebrate today. It is so important for us to pause and notice, to thank our past selves, to thank our present selves for all of the work we have done to get right here to celebrate as we open the doors of the building, of our space and presence online and outside, as we open the doors of our hearts over and over again. You all will help us keep on changing too. That is one of the best parts of this story, I think. I'm way off script, so just hang with me. 
When I met up with many of the folks who made the decision to move to this building 30 years ago from the space over on Girard, somebody in that group said, when I was saying, hey, we've made this space more welcoming and inclusive and accessible, somebody in that group that helped make the move said, we thought we did that 30 years ago, and they did. They made a huge leap forward in being welcoming and accessible and inclusive. And we have made a huge leap forward in being welcoming and inclusive and accessible. And there are more leaps and more leaps for us to take. And we will learn them as we go, thanks to the relationships we create together, the questions we ask, and the ways we open our hearts. So this is the beginning or the continuation, rather, of a journey we are all on together, where we can finally say that we are welcoming everybody in. Yes. I'd like to invite you all to uh, join with me in a, a moving meditation which inspired this next song. So it was first a meditation uh, and I'd like to teach you the very simple hand gestures um, for, for it. And then afterward, I'll sing it and invite you to do those while, while I'm singing. So um, it's called Breathe In. So it's a breathing meditation. And, and it begins like this. <clears throat> Hands open to the day. Breathe in. Breathe out. Hands joined as if to pray. Breathe in. Breathe out. Arms reaching to the sky. Then circling around down to the earth. Eyes lifted to the light. Hands branches catching rain. Breathe in. Breathe out. Then rising like a stalk of grain, and then you bring your hands down and very slowly rise them up while you're breathing. Breathe in. Breathe out. And then you're up to the top again, arms reaching to the sky, then circling around down to the earth. And again, eyes lifted to the light, to the light. And then we end where we began. Hands open to the day. Breathe in. Breathe out. Hands joined as if to pray. Breathe in. Breathe out. Okay. I'll sit down and I'll sing. And I invite you all to join with me if you like. sky 
Dear ones, I invite you into a space of prayer and meditation if you are not already there. This time of prayer is like a little oasis in the busyness of our lives. A sanctuary amid the hustle and the bustle. A moment to pause, to notice how it is with our spirits. A moment in which we might set down what we're holding, empty our hearts of our sorrows, our pain, lift up and release to the air our joys that they might take flight. A moment where we can create a clearing in our lives in which we might empty ourselves out so that we can see what wants to come back in. A moment in which we notice that everything wants to come back in. Everything is already here. All that we have, all that we've lost, all that we might seek. Everything is already here, close at hand. Everybody is already in, if only our hearts are open enough to admit it. So let's pause in silence for a moment. Close your eyes if that's comfortable. Let your gaze be soft. Feel the movement of our hearts, the rise and fall of our breath, the dance of the spirit as we allow the circle to draw ever wider.
Congregation, I invite you to pray with me. Spirit of life, spirit of love, spark of radiance that animates and endows our lives. Steady us in this time. Steady us. Amid the big questions in our lives, amid the big questions of our world, steady us that we might pause before speaking, pause before acting, pause and allow a larger love to move through us, aligning our words, our thoughts, our actions with our deepest commitments. Steady us. Steady us that we might remember that slow is the speed of trust, but fast is the movement of love. Steady us to believe in the audacity of universalism, even and especially when some of the humans around us, some of the folks in the wider world are behaving in ways that seem so marked by hatred, by oppression, by domination, by control. Steady us as we reach out in love, opening our hearts to ourselves, meeting with compassion ourselves and all that we carry so that we can meet each other with that same love. In this place of love and care, we give voice to those we would lift and worship and surround in our care this morning. I invite you to speak aloud or hold in the silence of your hearts those you would like to name in this space, particularly if the name you want held in care is your own. In the wider world this morning, we know that so many are hurting, are mourning and grieving. Our hearts are with all those killed or wounded in the racist terrorism in Buffalo yesterday. We pray for healing for those directly impacted. We pray for understanding. We ask what more needs to be done to end mass shootings? What more needs to be done to end racist violence? We pray not because it will change the world, but so the world does not change us. And as the answers to what we must do come forth, we commit to showing up and making real a world without this kind of violence and hatred and suffering. This morning we hold in our hearts all those who loved and cared for and were impacted by journalist Shireen Abu Akleh, who was killed this week in Palestine. May justice come for her killers and may her legacy inspire more speaking truth to power. And we mourn the death of Urvashived, who died yesterday after a long illness with cancer. Urvashi was a giant in the world of LGBTQ activism and organizing. Many of us are here today because of her work, and we hold in love all who knew and cared for her. And there is so much that we hold in our sanctuary this morning. As we close our time of prayer, we pray that the grip of addiction be loosened, that the weight of oppression be lightened, that truth be told, that joy break through, 
and that love make every suffering bearable for us all. It was just about 10 years ago that I started meeting monthly with my spiritual director. I know it was almost 10 years ago because we started meeting together right after I had moved here. Now, I had arrived here to serve this church and I was so excited to be here. I know I am a universalist at my core and I could not wait to find out what we would get up to together. And a lot was going on. My mom had died the summer before, and we were starting to go through her house and pack things up and prepare to sell my childhood home. My wife and I had two kids who were one and five years old, and, you know, a lot goes on with that. And we had just quit our jobs and left our church and our community and our circle of friends out in New York and made the move halfway across the country to land here. There was so much happening as we were beginning to put down roots and start to make new connections and find our way here as part of this community in Minneapolis. I knew that things were going fast and I wanted to pay attention. So when my spiritual director and I met for the first time over the phone for that cherished hour that I would get once a month, she asked me what I wanted to do with our time together. And I said right away, I just want to pay attention. I want to notice. All these things are happening in my life and in the world, and they are whizzing by, and they all matter, and I want to pay attention. She brought forward some words of poetry, like she often does in our meetings. She brought up Mary Oliver, the poet's instructions for living. They're quite simple, these instructions for living. Pay attention she says, be astonished, tell about it. Pay attention, be astonished, tell about it. So that's what we have been about these last 10 years, my spiritual director and I, and it is changing me. I'll tell you back in those early days when we would be meeting on the phone and I had planned my daughter's nap very, very carefully so that she would sleep through the whole phone call of one hour so I could talk to another adult about my spiritual life. And my daughter would wake up at just the wrong moment in my mind. 
my spiritual director would help me pause and pay attention to notice. And she would say to me, is there any greater spiritual practice than caring for a child with love and attention? And off I'd go. A couple years later, when I would find myself overwhelmed by all of the responsibilities I felt myself carrying, whether they were here at church or out in the world with my family, with my kids, or with my aging parents, I would bring my torrent of responsibilities and worries to my spiritual director and I would lay them all out and she would notice with me, that's a lot, that is a lot. And she would say, I wonder, you talk a lot about this interdependent web of life of which we are a part. What are you doing to participate in that? <laughs> Who are you asking for help with all of these very real responsibilities? And I would be astonished. <laughs> and then years later, when my family and I experienced our house fire and all of a sudden, in an instant, all these things that mattered to us were gone. I was on the phone with my spiritual director again and she helped me to pause and to notice, to make space for grief, for loss, to name the losses, and then she helped me notice something else, too. You know, she said, all those things you've been doing for years, all those structures you've set up in your life with the intention of helping them, that you would be more the person you want to be, all those things you've been doing, your daily spiritual practice of writing and prayer, those walks you take around the neighborhood where you know your way without even looking up, the small groups of colleagues and friends you meet with every week to be in loving accountability with. The relationship with a therapist, with a spiritual director. Look, she said, look at all these things you set up that are holding you right now when the whole world around you is shaking. Look and be astonished. Pay attention. Be astonished. Tell about it. What amazing spiritual practices. So simple, but they change our hearts, each and every one of them. They help us to live with more gratitude, with more awareness, with more intentionality. Pay attention. Be astonished. Tell about it. So today, as we celebrate, as we stop in this swirl of things that are going on, we pause to pay attention, to notice, to be astonished, and to tell each other about it. We have so much to be grateful for, so much to thank our past selves for, for all those good decisions that our past selves made, all the decisions that brought us here, to church today, wherever we are, to this particular space and time, to choose community and love and liberation and a wide welcome 
as our mission. We have so much to be grateful for. So today we are going to take some time, some time right now to say thank you to the people who have brought us to this particular moment, because we have done a really big thing together. We have done something monumental in arriving at this moment, in this place in time, in this welcoming, accessible, inclusive space that is never just for ourselves alone. All right, here's some instructions for how we're saying thank you today. So there'll be a time for one of the thank yous where I'm asking you to raise your hand if you're part of that group. If you're online and you're part of that group, please identify yourself in the chat. We want to know that you are here and with us and we wanna celebrate you for all that you have offered this community. So if you're here in person and you're part of these groups that I name, Sometimes I'll ask you to raise your hand, and then for the rest of those groups, I'm going to ask you to actually come up here. You know who you are already, most of you, and I'm going to ask you to come up the ramp, and when I get to naming you, come forward onto the chancel. So our first thank you to our Universalist ancestors who taught us how to draw a circle wide enough to welcome everybody in with a love so strong that it would not let any one of us go. Thank you to our Universalist ancestors of 160 years ago. And now, thank you to our church members of 30 years ago. There are so many of you, which is the best, that I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand instead of coming forward and identify yourself on the chat. So this is a time for thank you. I, go ahead, yep, put the hands up. <clears throat> So thank you. Thank you to these church members of 30 years ago who dared to dream of a building that could expand our mission in the world. Thank you for keeping us in the city for good. Thank you for dreaming of a space large enough to draw the circle wide where there would be room for the children and families and adults and elders, where there would always be room for one more person and our sense of who we are could be ever expanding. Thank you for paying the bills, for making the decisions, for showing up in board meetings and committee meetings and traveling out to visit different building sites. Thank you for imagining that we could do this, for painting walls, carrying boxes, everything you did to make this move into this space possible so that we could live in greater alignment with our mission. Thank you to everyone who held on over the years through difficult times, who remembered that the mission of the church is bigger than any individual and any building, but is about who we are and what we are about in the world, which is drawing that circle wide and welcoming everybody in. Now this is the time that those of you who are coming forward I invite you to do so now and come on up to the ramp. This is anybody who worked on the capital campaign, who helped raise the money. Okay? Mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> I see you out there. Money raisers, come on up. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. You all, come on over. And I'm... 
Even though he's not with us in person, he's with us in spirit. I'm calling Reverend Justin into this circle too for helping to bring us to this moment. Thank you to Sophie and Dan for chairing the capital campaign. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you to Cindy and Peg and Dave and Janelle and I got Thank you. This is when I go off script. And thank you to everyone online who helped to raise the money. Together we raised over $5 million to make this real. Thank you, thank you, thank you. During our child dedications, we give each kiddo who's being dedicated a rose as a sign of their unfolding beauty. So these are symbols of the unfolding beauty you have helped us create. All right, thank you all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. you can... All right. <laughs> so a lot of folks have given of their time and talent and treasure to raise the funds for this project. And I know that some of you who gave wondered if you would live to see the day. Some of you told me exactly this. <laughs> so thank you to those of you who gave and who are here to be a part of this day. And thank you to those who gave and who are not here as part of this day. We name them with gratitude. Thank you to Nancy Acheson. Thank you to Bob Benjamin. Thank you to Herb Jane. Thank you to Susan Jack. Thank you to Karen Warren. Thank you to Peter May. Thank you to Faith Buss. Thank you, Cecilia Newton. Thank you to everyone who shared what they have, who is still sharing what they have to make this dream come true. All right, now I'm calling on the building team in its many iterations. These are our lay leaders who helped us refine the vision, be in many, many hours of meetings, uh, helping us choose this over that, and to create spaces of beauty. So this team took a lot of forms. Um, if you are, have been part of that team from phase one or phase two and you want to come on up, I welcome you up. From phase two, Marnie Peichel, Sean Gaither, Kevin Ambrus, Kristen Mengelcook, Jen Stromberg. There were others, I see Christina here. Get on up here. Anybody else that I am missing who was in on these meetings? So these folks have been behind the scenes dedicated to this project and to making this dream real for years. So I also want to say a special thank you to Kristen, uh, right? You will want to applaud for this. So Kristen has not only been here one million hours, um, <laughs> meeting the installers of everything, picking paint colors, carpet colors, making sure everything is just right. But also Kristen, along with Vision from Fazia Khan, helped to take the crystals from the social hall chandelier and transform them into a thing of beauty in the atrium. 
piece by piece by piece by hand. <laughs> so thank you to you all for all the work that you did. You can get to escape now. <laughs> Next up, our accessibility and inclusion team. There are folks present from that team. I see Jim, Deborah. I'm thinking about Ray Ray and Finn and Birch, Ethan and Jen and Lauren, all of you. These are folks who walked and rolled through this building with me, noticing and naming the places where we could make changes that would expand the welcome of our community to people of all abilities. And I gotta say, they picked out a really great playground too. <laughs> so we are saying thank you to our accessibility and inclusion team for making sure, I'm handing you a rose, Jim, um, that this place is as welcoming as it can be. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, stairs right here. All right. All right, and our really behind the scenes team, our construction crew. So, architects, project manager, <laughs> construction company. <laughs> These folks are amazing. And the folks who are here are representing a larger group, obviously, of all the people that worked on our building. But we take a moment to say thank you for shepherding us through this process. Thank you to Chelsea, who is our project manager through this. <laughs> so Chelsea grew up in the church, and we pulled her back in to project manage us here. And not only did she help us make it through phase one, but also phase two, on time and on budget. Amazing. <laughs> So we say thank you to Stacy Demers from LHB Architecture as one of the folks who helped us to reimagine this space, especially this ramp and this chancel to be a thing of beauty and inclusion. Thank you for your work with us. All right. And Jamie Flannery of Flannery Construction. Thank you, thank you. who, along with her team, helped us to navigate all kinds of unforeseen and unforeseeable challenges, like, I don't know, a global pandemic? <laughs> maybe, I don't know, some important places that weren't wired quite right, and maybe we're, we're real glad we found. Um, maybe all kinds of things that come up during a construction project. And not only did Jamie's team help us to have incredibly high quality work and transformation, but also everyone working together to allow us to spend our money in ways that are in alignment with our values so that we spent over 50% of our money with women and black and indigenous and people of color owned businesses. So good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, of course, there are also even more behind the scenes people who sneak around when no one is here and do things like refinish the window sills, sort the supplies, imagine or put up the tent. Let's just say that. That's hours of work. The people who are documenting along the way, the folks who somehow can imagine a forest in our sanctuary, and then 
rope somebody in who can rig up a pulley to bring in a tree. People do amazing things, helping us to remember that we are that, right? So thank you to our past selves. Thank you to our past selves who dared to dream and then set up the structures that allowed us to achieve those dreams, who did the day-to-day -day work of transformation that brings us here. In a world where so many of our collective dreams, so many of the dreams many of us have worked for for years are shaking, this place is steady. This church's mission holds steady, and so do we to be a place of the wide welcome, to be a place with a love so strong that it doesn't let anyone go. This is who we are, and this is what we are about. So today we celebrate this physical space that has come into greater alignment with our values. And here, yeah, where I share some other news. We have done a lot. We have done a lot with our physical space. And there is another phase ahead of us. But this phase is an inside job. We have renovated our building to be a place that is not for ourselves alone, to be more welcoming and accessible and inclusive. Now, now we get about the day-to-day -day work of transformation, of renovating our hearts of renovating our church culture, of renovating how we are in our words and our actions so that we live into that wide welcome. What would that feel like? What actions would we be taking? What would we be noticing about the parts of ourselves we bring and don't bring into this space, the people who are here and not here? And what will we do differently? to truly welcome everybody in. The work is not over, but today is a day to celebrate. Today is a day to feel the joy and know that when we work together, we can do big things. And we can do the next big thing too, as we continue to renovate our hearts, our culture, our ways of being, so that we might truly welcome all of ourselves and everybody in. May it be so. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. It is a joy to do this work with you. Each week when we gather, we take time to make real our commitments to each other, to give and receive and grow. We remind ourselves and each other that receiving is just as much of a spiritual practice as giving, and sometimes receiving is how we grow. So if you are in a time in your life where you need to receive some care, company, companionship, or financial resources, please let us know. We have those things to share. And if this is a time when you can give of your financial resources, we invite you to do so today. We are closing our project with a gap of $750,000. It's about where we started, but we have done so much. This gap, I invite you to fill as generously as you're able to make an additional gift if you've given before, to make a first-time gift if you haven't yet, 
to join in and be a part of realizing this dream and helping us end with less debt. Always a good thing. So I invite you to enjoy the photos that are going to come along and to sing along with Peter Mayer as you make your gift or think about how you're going to let us know if you need some care. Here's to the spark in the dark whence it all came. Here's to the ride on the light of the Big Bang. Here's to the photons, the mighty protons. Here's to the gravity that turned the sun on. Here's to the first twitch of life in the ocean. Here's to the magical molecular potion. Here's to the green leaf. Here's to the heartbeat. Is to the living cell like a city unseen Is to the wonder Wonder of it all Is to the wonder and mystery that we are even here now thinking and speaking waking and sleeping working out our destiny in this great chain of being here's to the ways that we're connected to each other lovers and neighbors and friends and sisters and brothers there's no way of knowing where it's all going but we can sing and laugh and raise a glass and say it's to the wonder Wonder of it all is to the wonder. 
Here's to the wonder. Here's to the wonder of it all. Here is to pausing, to paying attention, to being astonished, to telling about it. So we are going to pause to pay attention. In just a moment, I invite you to head out to the front sidewalk or the front steps for a photo so that we can literally pause and pay attention and notice this moment of who we are together. For those of you who are here in person, we'll head down outside, like I said, front steps and sidewalk. For those who are joining us online, I believe that you are getting instructions right now about what to do so we can capture you and your images and add you in because you are a vital part of this community. And out there on the front steps and the front sidewalk, we'll be singing Blue Boat Home. So, these are moments not to be missed, my friends. <laughs> Let's take our commitment our commitment to a wide welcome and a love so strong it will not let any of us go from this physical space out into the world. I'll see you on the front of the church. <laughs> to the spark in the dark whence it all came is to the ride on the light of the big bang is to the photons the mighty thanks for listening if you enjoyed this podcast please consider supporting our ministry text first you Niv, that's f i r s t u n i v to 73256 to make your gift if you are able to join us in person for Sunday worship, we'd love to see you in church. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.